Hello and welcome back to Not Just Paleo. I'm your host, Evan Brand. If you're new to the show, welcome. I run a wellness clinic, and today is an interview with myself. My friend Wendy, she interviewed me for her summit. I don't know if you saw it floating around the internet. It was incredible. Hundreds of thousands of people participated in this event. It was called the Medicinal Supplement Summit, and you could have got access for free if you would have checked out the link that I mentioned a couple podcast episodes ago. Now you can get five free talks. You can't get the full 30 expert speaker talks. You can purchase them. Anyhow, you can get either the five free or you can purchase all of those talks back at the website, notjustpaleo.com slash medicine, and that'll redirect you over to the website where you can check out all the other talks. But my talk was on adrenal fatigue and supplements. You've probably heard some similar ideas about it, but enjoy this episode. And if you'd like to schedule a 15-minute free call, visit my website, notjustpaleo.com. Click that book now button. We'll chat soon. Here we go. Hello, everyone. Wendy Myers here from live2110.com. And today, my friend and very special guest is Evan Brand. Evan Brand of NotJustPaleo.com. He is a certified functional medicine practitioner, nutritional therapist, and personal trainer who's passionate about healing the chronic fatigue, obesity, and depression epidemic. He uses at-home lab testing and customized supplement programs to find and fix the root cause of a wide range of health symptoms. You can get his free copy of his book, Stress Solutions, and a free 15-minute functional medicine phone consultation at his website, notjustpaleo.com. Evan, thank you so much for joining us on the Safe Supplement Summit. Hi, Wendy. Thank you. The honor is is all mine. I'm really looking forward to this, and this is going to be an awesome event that's been needed for a decade. So, you know, why don't you tell us, um, you know, we're going to be talking about adrenal fatigue and the best supplements to heal adrenal fatigue. So, uh, so let's talk first about depression and, and how that is a leading epidemic just to, you know, segue into adrenal fatigue. Sure. So like many of us, you know, including you and myself, we're all wounded warriors out here as practitioners. And so I was deep in the rabbit hole with depression going through college. And I've talked with you about that several times. And the gray clouds that were emanating over my head on a daily basis began to really take a toll on me, and I was unable to focus. My brain fog was continuing to increase. My energy levels were awful. My sleep was horrible. I was wired but tired. I had weird skin issues and other type of symptoms that just didn't make sense. And so the depression was just a tip of the iceberg to later found out that I had some adrenal fatigue issues going on, multiple parasite infections, uh, candida overgrowth as well. So I really had the whole run-of-the-mill symptoms with no real explanation for several years uh, by going to the conventional medical professionals. So the depression epidemic is massive. The Center for Disease Control is now saying that this is the number one leading cause of disability in the United States. And this has just changed over the past decade or so. So I'm convinced that since the invention of the iPhone, part of our social isolation combined with the continued mineral depletion of our soils and chronic stress has really accelerated this whole depression epidemic. And with depression, you have a lot of other symptoms and conditions, including adrenal fatigue that I'm sure we'll get into. 
Yes, I, I absolutely agree. I think uh, depression and adrenal fatigue are huge, huge problems. In my own client population, the majority, I mean, really 98% of my client population has adrenal fatigue, and it's caused by so many underlying factors, including toxins and metals. And, um, you know, it's very, very important to, to really focus supplementation on healing your adrenal glands because they affect so many other you know, health issues in the body. It's like a domino effect. They don't work. You have a lot of other problems in your body. Um, so why do you think that so many people get misdiagnosed with chronic fatigue or other new diseases? That's a great point. Well, first, we have to look at what the mainstream medical model does. And typically, they're going to prescribe a drug or a surgery. And with the issue of adrenal fatigue, it's not recognized by medical professionals. I can't tell you how many letters that I have from different clients sending me a message from their mainstream physician that says adrenal fatigue is not a real condition. It doesn't exist. And they <laughs> refer her, I swear, and they refer them to a psychologist or a psychiatrist where they'll get prescribed an antidepressant medication. And they'll be told that this is all in their head. So for me, the business model of the big pharma is is at play here because there is no drug that is going to fix adrenal fatigue. Secondly, the testing measures that they use would not recognize adrenal fatigue. If you go to your doctor and you say, I suspect adrenal fatigue, if they don't roll their eyes at you, what they're going to do is they're going to send you to an endocrinologist, which in that point, they're going to take a blood serum cortisol measure. And that's equivalent to you touching the sidewalk in the middle of the day and trying to estimate the forecast. It's completely inaccurate, and it doesn't give much information in terms of the hormonal rhythm. So I may use a blood test in conjunction with an adrenal profile that's done via saliva. However, a lot of times these people are getting recommendations just based on one blood test snapshot. So the misdiagnosis of chronic fatigue usually comes because at that point you can be prescribed some type of stimulant. So whether this is Adderall or uh, a lot of times other stimulants like Vyvanse can be prescribed for people that have chronic fatigue to really just hype up the nervous system, which in a lot of cases is going to shove people even further into the rabbit hole because we're pushing that sympathetic mode of the nervous system. So whether it's fibromyalgia, chronic fatigue, depression, all of these diagnoses have drugs that are associated with them, but none of them are addressing the root cause, which is the adrenal issue and the whole HPA axis dysfunction in the first place. Yeah, that is 100% the reason why I am hosting this summit to educate people about supplementation and vitamins that they can take that heal the underlying root cause of their health conditions versus the big pharma driven medical model where you can only get, you know, you're only going to get a medication and, you know, you have to fit the, the criteria and symptoms have to fit something that is prescribed a, a medication and adrenal fatigue does not fit neatly into uh, that model. 
So you have to be very, very careful. I mean, of course, people need medications for certain things, but most health conditions can be uh, incredibly addressed with supplementation, proper supplementation, and even reversed completely by nourishing the body. So thank you so much for making that point. Um, so let's talk about how the adrenals relate to many symptoms people struggle with, including you know fatigue, their mood, motivation, and even their memory. Yeah, so we have to look at the brain. So we look at the adrenal glands first, these small walnut-sized glands that sit on top of the kidney. So if we break down the word adrenal, that means on top of kidney. So it literally means on top of kidney glands. And these are what are supposed to help us get through about three minutes of stress, maybe once or twice a week or so, where in those three minutes, prehistorically, we would have run from a bear and we would have escaped to see another day or the bear would have got us and we would have been dinner or maybe the third scenario we would have chased the bear and we would have had dinner for the family that short duration and high intensity of stress is over and then everything goes back to normal and so now we're stuck in 24 hours of stress throughout the entire day and we're never able to shut off so at this point we begin to wear out many different parts of the body. The adrenal glands, typically they get looked at and people say, oh, you run out of hormones. It's not quite that. We have to look at the brain. So the brain essentially realizes, here's what's going on. I'm providing you with cortisol, the stress hormone, to get away from this bear or to chase this bear. However, I keep giving you cortisol and you keep burning the candle at both ends. You're staying up too late. You're on your iPhone at night before you go to bed. You're overworked. You're not getting outside in nature. So you're going to eat your body away with all of this cortisol, which is a catabolic, meaning breakdown hormone. So the brain basically takes the reins on the on the sled here and sort of pulls you back or pulls back the horse and says, look, you're going to have to slow things down. So this is when some of the weight gain can happen. This is when some of the brain fog can happen. This is when some of the muscle pain or achiness that you never had before starts to happen because the body is trying to slow you down to prevent you from basically blowing a gasket. It's kind of like driving a car in first gear on the highway it's not going to work. You're going to blow an engine. So you better slow down before that happens. So the body really does try to protect us. And a lot of times our body is not against us. A lot of people have a lot of hatred around their body. Like, why can't I just get rid of this weight? Or why can't I get rid of this issue? A lot of times the body is trying to help you by slowing you down and making you less motivated to work out because you're so nutrient depleted, you can't handle a CrossFit workout. So the brain comes into play here because the brain is down-regulating the production of cortisol to basically try to help you. And with that, other parts of the brain are affected too. So if you've been operating in this high chronic stress state, there's two pieces of the brain that we'll talk about. One is the amygdala. So this is the fear center in your brain. It's very centrally located in the brain. And this is what helps you and acts as a Rolodex to determine what is a valid fear and what is not? And a lot of people in the modern world are ridden with anxiety issues among the fatigue. So the most recent statistics are estimating about 17 million just in the United States alone have some type of anxiety disorder. So this amygdala is actually going to grow in size and sensitivity when you're under this chronic stress. So me personally, Wendy, when I was in the movie theater... 
my wife and I were watching Captain Phillips, a movie where Tom Hanks is the captain of a ship and these pirates come on the ship and commandeer it and it's very violent. There was a lot of gunfire and things like that. I had a panic attack in this movie theater. Wow. And I could barely walk down the stairs to get out of the movie theater. And (laughs) I'm telling you, it was insane. So I got to the bathroom and I tried to put some water on my face and just relax a little bit. And I realized, wow, I just had a panic attack. Something is not right with my nervous system. And so that's when I actually ran, you know, an adrenal test and figured out that I was in some pretty deep adrenal issues. I was in big trouble. Um, I had this, I've had the same experience where I got to the point where I couldn't watch the news or anything because my stress response was, you know, out of proportion to the situation. And I really had to watch the stressful movies or scary movies or things of that nature because my system was so overloaded, it couldn't handle it. So I completely identify with that. Wow. Well, I'm glad I'm not alone. So that was the real that was the real red flag to me that something was going on in the brain. So I started looking into the brain and figuring out how it was getting affected. And, you know, you can find that the amygdala grows this part of the brain. So now, you know, these are the type of clients that you and I have where they say, you know, now I'm snapping at my children when I used to not do that. Or my husband, you know, his fuse is just really short and he just snaps at at the drop of a hat. Now, a lot of times we become very irrational people because we are stuck in that primal survival mode. So we're on able to think rationally. Another piece of research shows that the prefrontal cortex, the front part of the brain that's most new to human evolution, that's what helps us feel sympathy and empathy and creativity and things like that. This part of the brain is going to have less blood flow because we're going to be shunting all of the blood flow towards the more reptilian part of the brain, which means we need to run from this bear, which there was no bear. It was just a violent movie. And then thirdly, so I guess three parts of the brain, Wendy, is the hippocampi, the hippocampus. So there's one on each side of the brain, and this is the memory center. So this is actually the better analogy for the Rolodex. This is what converts memories from short-term to long-term. And a lot of things that we go through in our daily life may not be important, but some of the things we need to store into long-term memory, they can't do that if your brain has been bathed in cortisol. So a lot of uh, autopsies are being done on brains and the hippocampi are starting to look like Swiss cheese because the cortisol is literally eating away the brain as an acidic hormone, if you will, eating away this piece of the brain. So I'm not quite sure if there's a 100% direct link between adrenal fatigue these cortisol issues bathing the brain and Alzheimer's or dementia, these other neurodegenerative diseases, but there's definitely a strong link because we do see that these parts of the brain are degenerating. So it's not just a light matter to take when you people joke about, oh, I'm so adrenally fatigued. It's a real big deal. So when you're forgetting your best friend's name, you're forgetting where you put your keys, it's time to really start digging deeper and start healing from this. Yeah, I mean, fatigue is such a huge part of this because anyone who feels tired, you just don't have the energy that you used to, you're in some stage of adrenal fatigue. And, you know, you really need to, people, I think, really need to focus on healing their adrenals. And let's not forget nutrition, too. When uh, the adrenals are nutritionally depleted of minerals and other nutrients they need to function, they're not going to work for you. So let's talk about the supplements and the nutrition that are necessary for healthy adrenals. 
Sure. So nutrition is always the starting place. A lot of people, and maybe you and I are guilty of this at some point, is we just want the quick fix. That's what our culture has been bred to think about. We have a symptom or we have a disease. Give us the drug that's going to help us treat it, right? And so that approach works in a way with functional medicine where you can look at a lab test and you can come in with a nutrient but supplements are supplements. So the nutrition has to be dialed in. Some of the foundations that I like to have clients have in place are not skipping meals. So there's been a huge craze lately with intermittent fasting and ketogenic diets and cyclical carbohydrate diets. But a lot of times, these people that we're talking with and working with, they're so adrenally fatigued and nutritionally deficient already, especially in their minerals, that if they're skipping a meal, they're actually missing an opportunity to get minerals and vitamins and good fats back into their body. So for the right person in the right amount of stress at the right time in their life, they may be able to do intermittent fasting or some of these more advanced nutritional strategies. However, most people can't afford to skip a meal and miss out on these nutrients. So I really try to have people eat three square meals per day, getting about a palm-sized portion of some type of good fat and protein in. So whether that's some coconut oil with some organic pasture-raised meats or if they're just convinced that they need to be a vegetarian or a vegan, at least trying to get them to get some type of you know, chicken eggs or duck eggs just to get some good fat and protein into the diet. That's going to act as a really good stabilizer to their blood sugar because you can't heal adrenal fatigue if you don't have stable blood sugar. So a lot of people, they are more hypoglycemic under adrenal stress. So they're going to have a lot more peaks and crashes with their blood sugar throughout the day. So you may eat a meal and I've been there, done that. I remember going through some of my own treatment. I would eat a meal and I would feel hungry an hour later, even though it was something that I considered a pretty balanced meal. And so that's something we really have to watch out for is watch out for a lot of the dogma around nutrition that says you can't snack, you need to only eat at certain hours of the day, etc. If your fuel tank's empty, you're going to have to fill it back up. Yeah, I 100% agree with you. I don't think people with adrenal fatigue should fast. I mean, you're, you can feel your adrenaline go up when you're fasting and that's taxing on the adrenals. And I'm dead set against juice fasting, long-term fasting, intermittent fasting, for anyone with adrenals, uh, adrenal fatigue. So let's go back to what specific supplements and even brands do you think are needed to heal the adrenals? That's a great question. So rhodiola rosea is one of my favorites, Wendy. I've probably beat the drum with you about this herb for a long time. So rhodiola, sometimes you hear it called golden root. This is an herb that grows in really harsh climates, much of the Arctic, Scandinavia, the Alps, it's a really pretty flower on it. It's a really pretty yellow flower on top of rhodiola. And it deals with very harsh climates. So the um, the phenols and the flavonoids and the alkaloids and the rosavins and all of these different pieces of this plant are derived because of its harsh environment. So a lot of the natives in these regions they're used to using rhodiola ancestrally to help them get through really harsh climates. So rhodiola is in the category of adaptogens, which help the body adapt to stress. So the cool thing is about adaptogens in general is 
you have the ability to adapt to emotional stress. So whether it's a boss at work that you really don't like, whether it's physical stress in terms of your exercise routine, or whether it's more environmental stress, such as you're getting exposed to a lot of hot and cold climates, rhodiola is something that can help you across the board for all of those. So if I may, I'll tell a story about how I really started integrating rhodiola and how it changed my life. So I was working as a natural plant manager at a park system. Basically, I was taking old farmland and converting it into public sp- public park space. So we were taking a lot of invasive species of plants and we were getting rid of them so that other plants could come and grow. And so I was on my feet eight hours a day. I was usually lugging around a chainsaw. I was driving a four-wheeler. I was in the forest all day, every day. I loved it. My stress response was healthier than ever. And I was still stricken with fatigue at the end of the day and I didn't want to be. Now, granted, anybody who lugs around a chainsaw 30 hours or 40 hours a week is going to be tired, but I didn't want to accept that. So I began taking Rhodiola rosea, about 500 milligrams of it daily. And within just a few days, which there's a study on Rhodiola that showed even after three days of supplementation, people that had life stress had an alleviation of the symptoms. So I felt it as well just in a couple days, but I, I took it for months and months And it really transformed my perception on supplements. And I thought, wow, this one single herb, I didn't need some fancy formula. Just this one herb was enough to to get me through my physical labor. Um, So that's a good starting place. Do you like ashwagandha, which is another adaptogenic herb? I love ashwagandha. For certain people, since autoimmunity is such a big issue that it's hard to say chicken or egg, but adrenal fatigue clients, they often have some autoimmunity going on too. It just depends. Sometimes I can use ashwagandha with no problem. Since it is in the nightshade family, sometimes people do have trouble with it and we have to stay away from it. And we have to look at other herbs like American ginseng, or we have to look at things like eleuthero, which is also called Siberian ginseng, and use those instead. And what about vitamin C? Uh, I think vitamin C is pivotal pivotal in uh, healing adrenal fatigue. What are your thoughts? Oh, yeah. I love vitamin C, Wendy. I take two grams of it a day. Uh, so you asked about brands. Obviously, like, like many of the other practitioners and speakers on this event, I have a whole brand of products. And something I use every day is called vitamin C tonic. It's two grams of vitamin C. Now, The distinction I want people to make when they're looking for vitamin C is whether you're actually getting a mixed ascorbate or whether you're just getting plain ascorbic acid. So the low-quality vitamin C supplement that you're going to get if you go to, say, Walgreens, you're going to get the brand called Emergency, which we're probably all familiar with. And all of that is is ascorbic acid, which is only one version of vitamin C where the absorption rate is not that good. Now, in that product that I'm referring to, a lot of times you may get fructose or sucralose or other type of neurotoxins in that formula. So you really want to look for supplements that are using ascorbic acid, calcium ascorbate, and magnesium ascorbate. So the multiple forms of vitamin C. And then with that, you want to have the the citrus bioflavonoids. Because just these vitamins in isolation, they don't have quite the same synergy and the same bioavailability. So meaning you may take 
two grams, but you may not absorb two grams. So I personally take vitamin C every day, and it's something that I have on every protocol that I'm helping people with adrenal issues just because the vitamin C is so essential, and a lot of it's found in the adrenal gland. So without it, your results are going to be limited. Are there any other supplements that you think are really, really important to heal adrenal fatigue? So I like to try to keep it simple too and just make sure that people are getting in good omega-3s. So a lot of us are fatty acid deficient and if we tried to get enough omega-3s, we would have to eat so much fish that, which is your specialty, we would get mercury toxic and we would have heavy metal issues. So generally taking one to two grams per day of omega-3s is something that I'll put in place too. A good triglyceride form of fish oils to help support these hormones and act as cofactors. So if you open up your fish oil supplement and you smell it, if it smells fishy, it may be rancid. And so what you want to look for in terms of supplement quality with fish oil is you want people to be using the triglyceride form. So this mimics the more raw fish oil itself. Now, cheaper supplement companies, they're going to use a form called ethyl ester, which is typically going to be rancid before it even hits the store shelves. So if you've ever taken a fish oil supplement and you burp and it tastes like fish, it's garbage. You might as well throw it away. You want to get a form that does not cause the fish burps, which is going to be that triglyceride form. So I use that in all my protocols as well. Yeah. And I think it's very important that you brought up the issue of fats because, you know, the adrenal glands need cholesterol in the diet to produce hormones. And that's what they do. They produce estrogen, testosterone, progesterone, and they have to have cholesterol to do that. So it's definitely you want to get your healthy meats in and uh, and your healthy fish as well, fish oils. Definitely. I'm sure, Wendy, you and I both have seen um, dozens of clients that were ex-vegetarians or vegans, and they have some of the worst adrenal rhythm profiles I've ever seen. Yeah, and that when I was vegetarian and vegan for about two years, that's when my adrenals and thyroid completely crashed. I had the hormone levels of a menopausal woman because you just don't get that cholesterol and and meat's very rich in minerals. You're you need minerals for the adrenals to work properly, and you're just not getting that with those types of diets. Absolutely, unfortunately. And so let's talk about uh, adrenal glandulars. So these, the, you know, are very, very popular with a lot of practitioners for, you know, use in healing the adrenals. Can you talk about the theory behind why people use those and why, you know, perhaps you don't recommend those for most people? Sure. So the idea of adrenal glandulars comes from a little bit of the Chinese medicine philosophy that whatever is lacking, you want to give. So if you have heart issues, give heart extract. If you have lung issues, maybe give lungs. I'm not sure if the lungs are even a real one. But same thing with the adrenals. So back in the early 1900s, there were some experiments being done where adrenal glands were being taking, taken out of cats. So a guy named Pottinger, last name of Pottinger, he was doing a lot of research, taking adrenal glands out of cats and seeing how they responded. And what he discovered is that the cats that had their adrenal glands taken out, they were very unhealthy and they weren't able to actually adapt to their situation. So they had malnutrition issues. Um, many of them died. And we discovered back then, okay, something's going on. And so this began the early process of creating adrenal glandular substances where you would take adrenal glands from various animals, 
cows could have been one. I honestly can't remember, Wendy, what animal we first started trying to extract these from. I want to say it was bovine in nature or possibly lamb. But we would take these adrenal glands out and use a process to try to extract the various materials inside of these adrenal glands. Now, this can work, and a lot of people have decent results from adrenal glandulars, but in my experience, it pushes people a little bit too far. So if I can use the analogy of Synthroid or synthetic thyroid hormone, if the gas pedal has already been floored because you have a go-go-go lifestyle and you add in synthetic thyroid hormone, you may be able to adjust your thyroid measurements on your blood work, but you may still have symptoms. And this is common for adrenal issues too. You may get thrown on an adrenal glandular and maybe the lab result will change a little bit, but you could be pushed into anxiety or your symptoms just may not change at all. And so I've experimented with adrenal glandulars personally when I was pulling myself out of adrenal fatigue and I didn't feel very well on them. So it's not to say that you can't have success with them. I just prefer to let the body heal itself by providing the raw materials that we discussed from the nutrition, providing some of the good fatty acids, the zinc, the minerals, the vitamin C, and the adaptogenic herbs, and let the nervous system essentially work itself out, as opposed to just coming in with the hammer. If all, if the only tool you have is the hammer, then everything's going to look like a nail. So if all you're experienced with is glandulars, that's what you're going to go towards. But with the adaptogens, the body's going to be able to self-regulate. And this whole HPA axis that we're talking about, this brain connection that talks to the adrenals and thyroid, that system can can self-regulate if we provide all the materials that it needs. Yeah, and you know, I would just want to stress that I think everyone is different. Everyone has very different genetics and tolerances and different points in their health on their, you know, on the health parameters and health conditions that they have. And I personally have had really good luck and really good results with using adrenal glandulars myself. Um, and but I, I absolutely agree with you. I think uh, some people it definitely overstimulates them. They have anxiety, heart palpitations, trouble sleeping, etc. Um, but I, I personally had great results with them and I have good results with them with my clients, but not with everyone. And some people need to take a tiny, tiny little bit and other, other people can take a very large amount and benefit a lot from them. Um, but like I said, I have had many clients with your same experience where it just, that there's too much gas on the pedal. (laughs) I absolutely agree. Um, so yeah, go ahead. I was going to say, I may revisit glandulars in the future. So I try to remove any bias or dogma, and I totally agree that a lot of people can do well with them. Uh, I may revisit them in the future, but for now, you know, the adaptogens have been really amazing for for helping me and other people. So I think just always being open and and talking with your practitioner, if you are working with someone um, like myself or Wendy, if you're not feeling better, then talk about, are there other options? Can we change our game plan? Because a lot of times you may get stuck and you only get told there's one option. But just knowing that there's options can be a huge sigh of relief. Yeah, and I have some clients that are just stage three and adrenal fatigue. They are just, they have zero adrenal functioning. And, you know, adrenal cortex glandular can be really helpful to give them some adrenaline, get them some energy, get some of their enzymes working. And that's critical in their healing. Um, Some even have to go on prescription Floronef, et cetera, if they're just in, you know, just are not functioning at all. Um, But I think adrenal cortex, I really love professional health products. They're a new 
New Zealand grass-fed glandular. I think those are amazing. Uh, if, if anyone is, wants to try them, I think those are kind of the way to go. But there's lots of good glandular companies out there. Yeah, Biotics Research, they've got some good glandulars too. Absolutely, yeah, I love that that company. So let's uh, you know revisit uh, conventional medicine. And why aren't the adrenals ever looked at by conventional medicine and only the thyroid? Yeah. So once again, we have to look back at the drugs that are typically recommended. So like we talked about, there's not an option for adrenal drugs. There is no patented adrenoid, you know, synthetic adrenal hormone. There, there is none that exists currently that I'm aware of. So there's not really an option. So even if mainstream medicine knew how to recognize adrenal issues, there's no drug to to sell. Uh, where thyroid issues, which are affected by the adrenals, that's a very quick fix for a lot of doctors. They'll run the TSH measurement on your blood, and they'll see whether it's up or down, and they're going to add in a drug to address it. But what the problem is, is that the adrenals are going to be the first pillar that's going to get affected likely before the thyroid. So if you just go in and you just treat the thyroid, which is more of a downstream issue, and you haven't treated the adrenals, which are more of the top of the food chain issue, you're still going to have symptoms. And I can't tell you the number of people, even being on armor or some other type of uh, natural thyroid medication, they still have symptoms. They can't get rid of the weight because the adrenals are still not in check. So hopefully that that breaks that down a little bit, but also, like I mentioned earlier, the testing measures are just not there. So the blood measurement's the only one, and the salivary model of taking four adrenal hormone measurements throughout the day, that model is still not as popular as it should be, even though there's a lot of good research behind it. Yeah, I think it's a problem because anyone going to their doctor, like I've had the same experience. They go to their doctor, they're tired, they say, I'm tired, I have trouble losing weight, I have brain fog. The doctor will immediately check the thyroid and instantly put you on thyroid medication. And that can really kill the adrenal glands. You know, it can really push the adrenals, you know, even more into adrenal fatigue. It's very hard on them. Can you, you know, discuss that a little bit? Sure. So if you are already having your gas pedal floored the solution is not to come in and try to just jam your foot a little bit harder on the gas pedal you're going to have to find a different solution so if you continue pushing this pathway by staying on the thyroid hormone a lot of times people will begin to become resistant to the thyroid hormone we can almost have resistance to almost every hormone i mean cortisol resistance is a real thing insulin resistance which many listeners may be familiar with in terms of not being able to lose weight, you become resistant to the message of insulin. The same thing can happen for other hormones. So even my grandparents, they're on synthetic thyroid medication. Their measures in terms of their blood work look okay. They look decent, but they're still continuing to put on excess body fat. And so th we have to just really change the approach and zoom out a little bit and say, hey, we can't just go straight to the thyroid. We really need to look at the brain. We need to look at the gut because what we didn't talk about is the thyroid, the adrenals, and the gut. All of these and the brain, they're all going to be connected together. So a lot of times we may run a stool test and we may find a parasite or other type of infection that was caused because when you were in this high-stress state, whether it was caused from pushing this thyroid pathway too hard 
or just the damage to the gut lining that cortisol created, when you get a condition known as leaky gut, you're more susceptible to bacterial infections and candida and parasites. And so a lot of times people have adrenal fatigue caused from that. And so I just ran some stool testing on myself and I showed up with two parasites at the same time. So chicken or egg, not quite sure, but this is another factor that really has to be uh, played in before you just go and jump on thyroid medication. Yes. And we're not telling anyone to get off their thyroid medication to heal their adrenals. Absolutely necessary for many people, but it's just, you know, you know, you got to be in tune with your adrenals as well and feeding them what they need. Our point. So let's just run down quickly the underlying, all of the underlying causes of adrenal fatigue. Yeah. So that list could be probably what five thousand things long, <laughs> Wendy. So let's cover a lot of the things that people have in common. So things that I've seen in my practice, but things that other people are finding as well. Type A personality is going to be huge. So if you're someone that is a control freak, you just have to have everything a certain way or it's your way or no way, these type of people generally are going to drive themselves so hard that they're going to put themselves into adrenal issues. Um, Next is going to be too much coffee and stimulants. So I know a lot of people are putting coconut oil and butter and MCT oil in their coffee these days. Coffee is a stimulant. And Caffeine does increase cortisol. So we have to keep that in mind that even though we may be getting in good fats and we're getting in organic coffee and all of that's wonderful, the the uh, problem with too much stimulation on these adrenal glands driving catecholamines, your adrenaline and noradrenaline and all these hormones, it is a real thing. And there is a certain limit that you can do. Too much exercise. So people that are doing CrossFit, A lot of CrossFit burnout victims. I just actually spoke with a client uh, before this interview, and she had an adrenal measure from two years ago that showed stage three severe adrenal dysfunction. Her whole rhythm was bad. And now, two years later, since she stopped CrossFit, her adrenals are still dysfunctional, but she's doing a lot better. So her cortisol sum, her total output for 24 hours, jumped from 14 units in a 24-hour period to 35, which is pretty good. So we see that too much or too little exercise is a big deal. We talked about blood sugar. So if you're eating a lot of refined carbohydrates and your blood sugar is rising and falling, that's going to stress the adrenals because when the blood sugar gets too low, it's an emergency and you're going to pass out. So knock, knock, knock on the adrenal glands. You have to start producing and releasing some more stored glucose from the liver to get that blood sugar back up. So if you're constantly doing that, that's going to stress out the adrenal glands too. Um, We talked about low thyroid function. Autoimmunity can be a factor in this as well. Heavy metal toxicity. You and I have talked about this. Copper toxicity is a real big issue uh, for females, especially with the birth control methods that are used. If you have heavy metal toxicity, that's a low-grade stress on the body that can wear out the adrenals as well. Being deficient in zinc, so the vegetarians and vegans, we've discussed them a little bit, but if you have poor adrenal function to start with, it's a it's a big cycle because now you're not going to have enough hydrochloric acid. So now if you're eating your good grass-fed beef, you're not actually going to be able to pull the zinc away from the meat, and the zinc is important too as a cofactor for other 
other neurotransmitters and hormones in the body. So if you're deficient in zinc already, combined with adrenal issues, it just gets worse. Uh, fatty acids, we talked about that. And then another one, Wendy, that's kind of funny, but that I like to talk about, is just people that don't have a lighthearted attitude towards life. People that take life too seriously. There's a lot of things to worry about in the modern world, but at a certain level, we really just have to laugh at ourselves and try to pull ourselves away from our stress and our situation because if we just continue to beat ourselves up and we're harboring negativity and anger and negative emotions, that can wear us out too. And so a lot of people are familiar with energy vampires. You go around someone and they take your energy. Being exposed to those people on a daily basis, if they're your coworker or your spouse or your boss, can really contribute to adrenal issues as well. And I've gone through programs with some of my female clients, and if they're not getting better when everyone else is, I have to ask them, what's going on? And a lot of times they'll finally open up to me and say, well, you know, I've been fighting with my husband a lot or, you know, I'm just not getting along with my partner anymore. And the relationship component is is being a factor too. So nothing is really excluded from your adrenal health. Yeah, that's a very, very good point. I think it's very important to emotionally detox and do things to de-stress meditation and relaxation and just, you know, sleeping enough and doing everything you can that you can take the time to do to just calm your body down. That's incredibly important to heal the adrenals. I agree. Do the exact opposite of stress. Right. So let's talk a little bit about, uh, you know, where the listeners can find you and do adrenal testing with you, et cetera. Sure. So thank you for having me, Wendy. People can just go to their favorite search engine, and if you just type in Evan, Evan Brand, brand like brand name, you'll find me and my website and my clinic's website. It's notjustpaleo.com. I call it Not Just Paleo because I started out with a paleo template, which really helped move the needle and started eliminating some of my symptoms, but I eventually hit a wall. So about 95% of people I work with already have some type of whole foods, nutrition plan, they're eating organic, they're staying away from chemicals, they're trying to meditate and do yoga. 95% of people already have a lot of that stuff dialed in, and we're just looking for that extra 5%. So treating adrenal issues, identifying them, looking for parasites, gut infections, everything. It, it all helps, and it's all important. Um, so they can find out more about you know setting up a free call with me back at the website as well. That's a very good point because I have the same thing with my client population. They're doing everything right, just like I was for many, many years, eating a great diet and, and exercising and taking care of yourself. But I think it's supplementation, proper supplementation that pushes the needle into being able to heal their adrenals and heal their body. Definitely. And a lot of people ask that. Can I just eat real food, Evan? And the answer is in the modern world, no. Honestly, mm -hmm. you can't. It's just not enough. I mean, if I wanted to give you the amount of vitamin C that we have to supplement with, I can't even count the number of oranges or other other uh, foods to try to get vitamin C. I mean, you'd be eating you know, 50 oranges a day. Don't quote me on that. I don't know the actual yeah. number. But point being, uh, even organic food 
it may not have chemicals in it, which is good, but we can't prove the mineral or vitamin content. So to try to just eat a little bit more broccoli to get some more sulfur to support detox, for example, that's just sort of a short-sighted approach in the modern world. And it is unfortunate, and it definitely is a heavy heavy thing to realize. Um, but there is hope, and that's why there are companies out there uh, that really do care about people, and it's not just about profit. And human health is first, and then profit is second compared to the conventional model where profit is first and human health is somewhere further down there on the list. So I encourage people to to stay hopeful and know that there are options and you can get better. Thank you so much, Evan. That was a wonderful presentation. I hope you enjoyed that episode. I feel like I talk a lot slower when I'm doing formal interviews compared to just doing a podcast. So I hope you enjoyed it and made it through that. And I hope you got a lot of insight and information maybe that I've not expressed as clearly or directly as I have on the podcast. So anyhow, I have some more CBD The Colorado hemp oil back in stock, the liposomal version that you can only get through practitioners like myself, that stuff has been selling like hotcakes. And I'm so thankful for all the emails that you all sent me. If you've purchased the CBD oil, whether you're using it for yourself or a family member and you've had benefits just for inflammation, arthritis, helping to sleep better, to use as a natural anxiety reliever to help with mood issues, depression, insomnia, all sorts of symptoms that people have been writing in about. I love hearing your feedback. If you're interested, you can get a bottle of the CBD oil back at my website, notjustpaleo.com, and you'll click store on the menu bar when you get there. As always, I block out a few hours each month of my calendar where I'm available for 15-minute free calls. So if you listen to the show, and especially today's show, since I focus on adrenal health so much, if that sounds like you, get your adrenals checked out, schedule that 15-minute free call, let's discuss your options and how things work back at the website, not just paleo.com. Take care. Bye-bye. I take it all good, yeah, like everything's cool. Kiss her the night, never leaves her. She doesn't have a clue that he's terrible rules. Why I'm in a tire, got to watch out, girl. Don't wanna see her by her eyes out, girl. Cause I've been watching, you've been hurting. Let me be the one that loves you better.